and we are back um, welcome to another episode of the india independent films podcast i have with me uh, my good friend and uh, fellow film critic from the wire tanul thakur this is rahul desai here uh, this episode we are going to be discussing um, the very wildly divisive netflix film last week uh, called the white tiger directed by ramin bairani it was of course um, based on the uh, arvind adiga novel which won the man booker in 2008 uh the novel too was quite divisive um let's start um, i mean we'll we'll get into what the film is about as we uh, uh start discussing it tanul uh, you are actually one of the few people i know who actually read the book and reviewed the film i think a lot of us got lazy there um just tell me about your experience because obviously it's going to be we are going to be looking at the film from very different lens even though i think our opinions are quite similar of the film yeah hmm. should i talk about uh, the <clears throat> my feelings about the film in general to begin to begin with or the adaptation or the book uh, yeah, uh, the basically yeah just like the watching the book and uh, uh, reviewing the film after uh, you know as an adaptation because i mean most of us i know it's an adaptation even though i haven't read the book because it has the very adaptation <laughs> and that uh exotic voice over thing going on so you know yeah. but at the same time lot of us who didn't read the book we go, we got a sense of the book and you know unfortunately i i, I don't think i see myself reading the book in the near yeah, future the film yeah exactly i mean bang on that's uh, that for me is actually one of the most unfortunate parts of uh, uh one of the most unfortunate outcomes of the film which is i mean a lot of people would really look unfavorably at the book and i think what the film does is it kind of i mean what are weaknesses the book had i mean the film really brings it to the fore and uh, it it really doesn't uh, help uh, the book's cause at all it's interesting because uh, the the book itself is dedicated to the filmmaker wow. so hmm uh, i i think uh, both adiga and bahrani i think they studied at columbia as undergrads or something right and uh, and yeah i mean and given the fact is i think uh, the book came uh, as far back as in 2008 you know uh, to sort of uh, credit a guy who would uh, and i think uh, he had just begun making films i think in 2007 uh, his top shop uh, his debut came if i'm not wrong uh, yeah. interestingly i i discovered bairani through ebert and uh, he was uh, he was forcefully championed a uh, lovely debut and all of that anyway so the thing is uh, so i read the book really way back i i, I read the book in 2010 and uh, it uh, it's 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 really a watershed moment in my life the book because uh, i think i may have told you that uh, for i think two years two to three years i think 2007 was the time when i really started to discover european cinema and you know filmmakers from all parts of the world and all of that and you know how that is right i mean that really sucked me in and i kept flitting from one filmmaker one country to the other finding new voices and all of that it was an excellent heady period so much so that you know i forgotten uh, that something called literature even existed i used to be big on novels and all of that but there was that two or two and a half year period where i thought that you know it's um, i don't know i just forgotten about novels and mm. then i mean uh, during a break i picked up white tiger from the airport uh, thinking that all right i mean it's a it's one the booker and all of that i had, hadn't really followed a lot about uh, the uh, the reactions that the book had gotten and i wasn't uh, really big on literary criticism and things like that also back in the day i was in college you know i mean uh, uh, so it was so i uh, opened the book pretty much unprepared uh uh not knowing what to expect and things like that it was i think i one of the most ideal reading experiences where you just don't know and you're not really uh, in the hype and when i started reading the book i mean of course uh, uh like any reader who has just read enough novels and things like that this was a really special book man i mean uh <clears throat> the way it sort of i mean first of all the prose i thought the prose was just beautiful i mean it's 
it's really sharp writing it's writing that's uh, that's really modern uh, it's 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 uh, the the dark humor is spot on it, it doesn't <clears throat> treat its protagonist with kid gloves it was one of the few books uh, that uh, sort of uh, uh, told the story of quote and go dark india without uh being condescending or more than that without being patronizing towards its protagonist i mean it was very it was uh, very open to take some narrative risks uh it was very open to sort of i mean making a guy uh, uh who comes from a really unprivileged background bad you know and and i think that's exactly one of the few things uh, one of the things that uh, we discussed when we were talking mm-hmm. about serious men as well right i mean you don't really yeah. uh, get to see these kinds of i mean even on films right i mean uh, the whole thing of an under, uh, underdog story is just uh, so much there anyway so and uh, the fact that you know it was a i mean it was a literary novel and all of that and so many times i mean literary novelists or uh, literary novels just taken uh, i mean use the excuse of a form itself to be fucking boring you know yeah. many times it would just be no story it would just be i mean it will drag on and on and on um, there would be too much of what i like to call panchi nadia pavan ke jhonke pros you know this fucking scenery is going on for five pages i i don't have a lot of patience for such books i get it some books can be great like that but uh, sometimes they just get to you white tiger had none of that it is such a fresh book i mean uh, you of course have seen the film so you obviously know the idea about the story but yeah. that and but you would be uh, you would acknowledge that i mean you know in anything story is just one part of it especially in writing or especially in filmmaking as well it's how you tell that story and uh, and just some of the lines i mean have, have stayed with me uh, for a decade and uh, over the last uh, 10 years i have on and off just uh, picked up 30 to 40 pages Uh, of the book just to read just for the sheer joy of it you know uh, i was waiting uh, for the film to uh, play one of my favorite lines of the book which is uh, i think it goes something like uh, uh, mr premier i request you to uh, switch uh, the chandelier on because from now on the story is going to get darker you know things like that it's just really uh, it's it's the kind of writing that's really in tune with uh, with itself with the world that it's trying to create and all of that and this book i i i like this book so much that it wanted me to become a novelist i mean this this book is one of the prime reasons and i think a month or two uh, a few months later i started to work on my quote and quote novel mm-hmm. uh, so and and a lot of credit uh, for that just goes to white tiger and more than that for just reopening the world of uh, literature to me so i'm deeply thankful and uh, uh, i really admire those books so to see the kind of adaptation that it ultimately got was deeply disappointing more than that it, the fact that it came on the heels of a suitable boy it made, that made it fucking exasperating what oh, yeah. what was i i would like to know your thoughts as somebody who did not read the book who was just uh, you know seeing the material uh head on and, and uh, there's one point i would like to touch up, uh, touch upon but probably later in the conversation mm. with respect to uh what happens when you read the book uh, and when you are seeing the film it's 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 you get a pretty fascinating uh insight into uh, what the filmmaker is trying to do but anyway uh, maybe we can talk about that later i want to know your reaction as somebody who just approached this material fresh right from uh, possibly your reaction to the trailer if you saw it and and ultimately to the viewing experience itself yeah i mean i i didn't watch the trailer either oh. all i knew Achha. is you know priyanka involvement <laughs> and of course adarsh gorab because i mean i've actually been following his career for a couple of years now and you know being critic and all we get to watch a lot of stuff that others don't so you notice him in these smaller roles even in the tvf shows and also i was actually curious about the film because of him Uh, but you know i'll be honest that the title itself sort of put me off you know the white tiger yeah. in general because see i i know i'm not much of a reader and i'm not heavily into literature or anything and you know and uh, as lovely as your story is that this is the book for you uh, huh. i i mean i i wish i you know i, I wish i had maybe picked up the book uh, 10 years ago or 5 years ago also for that matter because uh, the thing is when when i 
when i start watching films like these uh, and given that we have watched so many screen to uh, i mean book to screen adaptations in, in the last 5 or 6 years especially now that netflix has taken over this whole genre right like they they are right. taking, like literature by the dozen and sort of just translating it to screen so especially because of that there's a little bit of viewer fatigue on my part because as soon as i start hearing a voice over in english at the beginning of a film in broken english so to say at the beginning of a film and you know talking in metaphors and analogies i immediately understand that the book might have had its the literature might have had its own language and which might have appealed to you know not just indians but the entire world in general also because as we've discussed earlier it was a very uh, it was a very gray gaze of an underdog which is very unusual for a lot of indian books to take because they normally yeah. romanticize the underdog they romanticize the minority uh, so you so in that sense i immediately understood what the book was about uh, the thing is once you immediately sense that the film is translating the book in a very literal manner like you know the guy sitting and actually writing down an email to the chinese premier and then sort of uh, 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 adverbitum sort of the voice over being uh, replicated on screen with no real Uh, with no real sense of context because you know you, yeah. you immediately assume people that have read the book and they've created the world in their mind but what about the people who are sort of just tuning in and need to be introduced to the world and i see this time and again that a lot of writers or directors that are translating books onto screen uh, they always come with this uh, small problem i saw the same thing with sacred games also because i felt like the writers were so familiar with the material they had studied mm. it inside out so much that they just took it for granted that because they knew the world the reader will immediately know the subtext and the little uh, uh, the you know the the little nitty gritties of that universe and 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 a lot of it gets then lo- lost in translation so here i felt that in context of say uh, even though the story was really simple to follow and it's not really like a sacred games world or a 1500 page novel uh, yeah. suitable boy i i just felt like i don't think there was any imagination used in adapting it i saw the same thing with selection day and interestingly that's also an adiga novel and yeah. that you know uh, given <laughs> given that i've not really read any adiga no- novels i have a very negative uh, sort of uh, you know now predisposition towards the 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 literature of his that is being translated onto screen because i feel like filmmakers are just not getting it uh, the fact that you know he writes from a certain uh, he writes from a certain medium on a page uh, which uh, what reads good may not just look good on screen and a lot of filmmakers just don't get it because that rajesh thailang character in selection day still don't get like such a black and white uh, uh, you know that typical uh, demanding indian father character which was absolutely messed up and not because of the actor it was entirely because of the translation onto screen so i saw the same thing with white tiger where i'm seeing all these characters sort of act like they have already been written not act like uh, uh, you know they they are sort of easing the viewer into the world and and even the narrative sort of going forward with the voice over first of all i'm not a big fan of voice overs and i don't care if it's in the book i'm sure it looked I, i'm sure it read very good and it gave like a good narrative structure to the book but in films you need to work harder you need to actually have the kind of self awareness where the viewer knows for a fact that you know if when you use a voice over you there needs to be some self referencing in that because you're straight away introducing us to this sleek entrepreneur in in bangalore who's you know writing an email to a chinese premier and then we go a flashback into his story about his journey so so you know that that verbose sort of very lyrical prose that you're talking about adiga to replicate that onto screen is, is not it's it's almost an unwatchable experience for especially as you said on the back of suitable boy so i i just could not stand the tone of the film the fact that they just decided to sort of take the book take the pages and you know uh, replicate these people onto screen and of course i have a big problem with the language which was very funny because someone just tweeted to me today saying tum subtitles ke sath hi dekh lete fir ye sab nahi likha pata tumko review which is which is actually quite funny because then you know my review would have been null and void about because i was just going on and on about how uh, uh, these indian um, series and films that uh, use in, uh, english language with the characters speaking just as we saw with suitable boy and now we are seeing with this um they just don't get it right and i you know i i, I just hate to say that i'm not hate to say but it's very 
it says a lot that priyanka chopra is probably the best part of the film for me because yeah. uh, because of i'm of course she is the co-producer of course she is the face of the film to introduce it to the west and of course she is part of the reason this whole exoticized slumdog millionaire nonsense is going on but uh, but, but you know just somehow because, because she sounded like the only natural sort of character in the film and even as much as i liked adarsh gorav and i like him and his performance in this it just did not like uh, i just did not get an idea especially of the last half an hour of the film where you suddenly uh, you know i mean spoilers because i'm just assuming people watch this uh, wa- have watched the film already but after adarsh gorav kills his employer it's just uh, the film went into another zone it's like they were just uh, trying to get through the pages of the book and there is absolutely zero sense of rhythm and pace and that absolutely threw me off because it's sad when the screen whenever the screen goes blank after a scene or say there's a transition like a fade to black or a cut to an uh, there's a two second uh, sort of uh, gap between two scenes and you expect that the film can get over at any point it's there's something wrong with the film because if the film had gotten over at any point after that i would have been none the wiser and i would have really not known what the book is how the book sort of treated the material and you know uh, how adiga went uh, how much was translated and how much was actually taken with a creative license on screen but that's what i mean to cut thing short the, just that literal translation that so many of us and you know this is ramin bairani and as you said you know a lot of us had a very fond sort of introduction to him more than a decade ago and how much do you think has something to do with the fact that of course we are talking about serious men also and it had indian filmmakers it had an indian sort of adapting gaze and uh, given that that film i found was in like much superior to this one in just in in context of the translation how do you think is down to that sort of choosing bairani who's really not an indian filmmaker but at the same time falls within the bracket then having you know these uh brown versus white co-producers i mean how how much do you think is down to that gates i'll answer that in a bit but uh, before that uh, a digression as usual yeah. so two things that you said uh, struck out so uh the first is <clears throat> you know the two adiga novels that we've seen uh, uh being adapted on screen right and that is uh, your introduction has been your introduction to his world view or his scene or stories or anything right uh, it's it's deeply saddening because again i've not read selection day entirely i've read some 50 60 pages but uh, but the thing is i've also been really disappointed because i mean i genuinely feel adiga is a very smart thinker he doesn't uh, 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 follow the the liberal party line aesthetics he has his own way of going about things uh, he has a proper moral center and things like that but i always uh, compare him to manu joseph with respect to i mean of course this guy doesn't write columns as much as uh, joseph does so i mean uh, the level of irritation or uh, that is low and the bias towards uh, me liking him is high <laughs> but i still think that uh, <clears throat> he's a very deep thinker i have seen a, a few youtube videos of his where he's at some literature festival and all of that i'll send you one this thing uh, maybe on twitter if others can also if they want to check it out there's a very nice one hour discussion about uh, the history the politics and all of that of indian cricket uh after selection day was launched and you can just see this guy is a really smart clear eyed thinker and uh, and the fact that he's not just i mean a good storyteller and a and 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 a pretty much a impressive pro stylist he's also somebody who thinks deeply and uh, who's uh, who's not afraid to take chances in writing or in storytelling that's something i really appreciate about him but of course uh, these two adaptations can i mean uh uh don't uh, illuminate him in a flattering light second thing i'll tell you i wanted to make that point but you made it i just want to extrapolate that uh, so rajesh telang's character in selection day right he's mm. not like that in the book okay so in the book there you so while watching the series anybody will think that he's a standard nutty guy right i mean he's yeah. this guy who is probably uh, a software upgrade of the father in udan and perhaps that is all that is there to him and all of it the thing is uh, the way i read it and the way i mean at least the portions that i read uh, the way adiga wrote it in the book 
he's almost um, not almost he is emblematic of a very peculiar kind of indian insanity that we are supposed to not just embrace but also revere and accept you know and the way he sort of contextualizes that guy there is this luminous scene uh, in the book i don't think it was there in the web series because i don't think the makers are capable of that interpretation yeah, so i i think there's a flashback of uh, this uh, rajesh talan's character uh, in his village i think when he was a small boy or something 15 18 years old perhaps older i don't remember exactly and uh, <clears throat> he goes to this banyan tree in the in his village which was supposed to be you know uh, uh uh there was word around the village that uh, the the tree is haunted and all of that whatever but then he slowly approaches it there's a temple near it and at around 2 in the night he just feels that he is one with the world i mean so you can really see the roots of his insanity taking place in terms of you know wanting to be something bigger than yourself wanting to be something bigger than your circumstances there's there's a bit of em- empathy and compassion in even seeing a quote unquote bad guy and in this case he's literally seeing him from his roots so i thought that was an excellent insight into uh, this person and all of what he does later in the book or in the series i mean uh, his insanity gets a much needed uh, context and and that that one page is just beautiful in it and i thought so i mean you you know so exactly so uh a film a film adaptation is not just okay in book there was this one scene in book there's this another scene then there's another scene okay let's just write something that uh that just brings them all together via you know cinematography editing sound design and things like that you really need to translate that essence and you need to in my view I need to find your own language you know now the kind now for example the scene that i spoke about uh, about the rajesh talent's character going to i mean i'm forgetting his name sorry now thing perhaps that is unfilmable now perhaps that may turn out to be a boring scene because it's you know uh, so much of it is stream of consciousness prose and all of that you really can't film thought that's one of the biggest limitations in cinema but you need to understand what that scene is trying to do and somehow find ways in some scene through some visual motifs through some i don't know cinematographic splendor or ingenuity something mm. it can't just be ki boss okay this is a, because events by themselves sometimes can be really deceptive and all of that and why these filmmakers don't do it or what is the book that they are reading in the first place it kind of baffles me now coming to a question i definitely think that's the case uh, the fact that it's a lavishly mounted foreign production the fact that again uh, the cinematographer is uh, foreigner i mean the so is the editor i mean uh, mm. uh, a large part of the crew is uh, not from india of course it's an indian cast and thank you for that <laughs> now, finally uh, you know but uh, but no man matlab you know you can just see i started to tune out uh, i wouldn't tune out is uh, too harsh a word but i started to get slightly baffled in the first 5 7 minutes itself when they cut to this village lakshmangarh and all of that first of all he yeah. says it as lakshmangarh which just feels <laughs> like you know i don't know i mean uh, some foreigner is commentating on uh, vvs lakshman's batting lakshman mm-hmm. you know you just small things anyway but more than that it's just pretty stereotypical right okay there there are river banks there are buffaloes there's a close up of a buffalo there is yeah. i mean there's no real sense i mean you i'm not saying that these are not part of the indian rural experiences but they have been so become so stale through their overuse then you get that this is not a lived reality i mean forget lived reality not every filmmaker needs to live in like whatever but but it's not even uh, an attempt at seeing i mean you can see a place from uh, there just two ways to look at a place right you look at a place from within and you look at a place from outside now this is so clearly look that uh, seeing that it's a it's a lens that is looking at it from outside but it's a story through the form of a really long letter that's being told from the inside you really get that tension very early on and and i mean after suitable boy i i just i thought it was it, it was quite annoying and and then this is what it comes down to it comes down to condescension mm. it genuinely comes down to condescension ki ha theek hai yaar indians ke liye ye na matlab to kuch generic bana do dikha do kya kya farak padta hai you know yeah. this this level of casualness this level of indifference 
was something that I found very infuriating, and uh, that's really what tanked the film. And uh, that's how uh, it should have been the case because if you are treating an entire populace with so much condescension, if you're treating a source material with so much of indifference and cluelessness, yeah. then this is what you what what you deserve. Yeah. So the, even you know the, now that you mention it, like even when. you watch the establishment part of the film as you said the lakshmangarh part and then the dhanbad part and then the gurgaon part right like yeah. a good like 40 45 minutes of first 40 minutes of the film or first 35 minutes of the film when you watch these parts even the smaller decisions like the establishment shots like the sort of longer uh, uh, like the longer shots and like this fleeting sort of a uh, uh, skyline shots that you see in the uh, every film every film has to establish its environment you i constantly got the sense that this is how international or actresses like priyanka chopra and aishwarya rai when they are asked about what india is like in the west this is probably what they say you know yeah. this is their, this is exactly the answer you get and this is translated yeah. into visuals is this exactly what this series and series like slumdog millionaire uh, film like slumdog millionaire uh, uh, you know something like uh, even suitable boy Th- this is exactly what they do in a very visual form i can Im- i can totally imagine priyanka's voice which in that accent sort of describing india as this village yeah, to really, yeah. uh city in that exact manner and you know her, her voice uh, of course lent context to that later and you know from from what you are saying i also get a sense that adiga's writing uh his prose his his sort of literature is um, it's i wouldn't say it's unfilmable you know because uh it's oh, very it's very much filmable it's very yeah, it's, it's, it's very cinematic yeah. go on sorry if life of pi could be filmed and even though yeah. you know, it wasn't entirely flawless uh and it was uh, technically an indian story too i believe anything can be filmed if you have the right uh, sort of mindset to do it and if you have the right sort of gaze and imagination uh, to manage it but from you know what i sense it's it's like uh, i had even written about it that it's the silences and it's the sort of the the, the space between the words that a lot of filmmakers yeah. don't seem to know what to do with and and that exact that is exactly what makes these adaptations i feel because uh, it's really not the shots that we see it's really not the dialogue that we hear or the voice over that we hear or the action that we see for that matter it's it's really as you said that essence of that rajasthan scene where, uh, where where you know the book whatever the book has uh, whatever is written in the book cannot be translated onto screen literally because it will just seem pretentious but the filmmakers have to find a way uh, to sort of tell it in another manner in context of the structure of the screenplay i feel like that's where a lot of filmmakers are sort of missing the point of adiga's writing because i think uh, you know if he is a deep thinker and if he is uh, if there is so much subtext to whatever he writes on paper uh that's probably where you know that's where i feel like he needs to just make every filmmaker now that takes his book sign a prenup before getting into a marriage <laughs> you know before getting into a marriage of this uh, creative sort of thing and i just feel like uh, he isn't the right author to be uh, at least to be adapted by the kind of filmmakers that we are seeing netflix isn't getting it right they aren't choosing either they aren't choosing their teams right or they are just you know uh they they are not making the right decisions when it comes to uh, sort of taking someone like his material because you know for that matter i can't now uh, in hindsight see a better marriage than manu joseph uh, uh, and uh, uh, what's his, uh, and sudhir mishra for serious men because we haven't seen the best of sudhir mishra for the last 15 or 20 years and suddenly yeah. you know it, it just felt like he came alive during that film because you just felt like two minds sort of uh two very cynical and two very uh, caustic and sarcastic sort of uh, mindsets of uh, the of the liberal india that we see sort of getting married for a film that was very interesting even though it, you know the last 20 or 30 minutes didn't work for me in serious man i thought you know in hindsight that's going to be looked at as one of the better uh, adaptations down the years and the more we see films like this and it's as i said it's not a coincidence that you know the the the, the crew is international and I, I, i mean i knew the moment i watched slumdog millionaire in 2008 that this is a damn epidemic 
and it's going to fucking take over indian cinema and to take over the representation of india in a large way because priyanka chopra's entire career is based on that slum dog millionaire image uh, uh, as was aishwarya rai's for a while um, as is anyone who goes international except you know people like irfan khan and om puri who actually made it in the west without making a uh, you know without really sort of catering to that sort of gaze so uh, you know i just i mean i, I mean i really the, the thing is about uh, especially when it comes to white tiger i definitely won't be revisiting the film in any way to think about you know what they could have done right or not right but at, at the same time it, it's a little sad that i will never be able to read adiga for the first time yeah no i mean i i completely get it and the point that you make about priyanka chopra and uh, ashwarya rai uh, i mean about them representing india and so what has really happened is i mean they are not as much as telling india or conveying india as much as they are selling india or peddling india you know as if a country has just been uh, has collapsed into a powerpoint presentation with a few bullet points wherein uh, even if you are being self aware you you say shit such as i mean the real india or the two indias or the it boom or the you know things like that and it is it is really annoying because then the question is what do they think about their own country right i mean what is happening there and uh, and that is further i mean that's further exacerbated by the fact that i mean things are anyway bad uh, as it is i mean given the whole sort of i mean the white man's gaze the post colonial condition things like that whatever right i mean we are inherently we have become locked in a in a certain kind of uh, a cultural frustration so to speak i mean the, the the best the easiest example is the one of publishing i mean say if you're a novelist or somebody whatever and like indian novelist you, you haven't and and that that's what people say within the industry that 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 you haven't made it until your book has you know uh, uh, gotten published in new york or in london or you know these publishing capitals of the world and and it really comes boils down to the fact that you being yourself is not enough you uh, your work itself is not enough it's constantly looking for a certain kind of uh, western uh, patronage it's constantly looking for signages approval validation i mean that's very apparent even in films you know uh, unless a film has gotten uh, uh, an approval from say uh, can or berlin venice one of these uh, usual suspects i think uh, it it was uh, it was one of the things that we discussed when we were talking about scam 1992 as well right that uh, uh, that sadly that's also the case that uh, the output here itself is not that uh, good so I, i mean that approval ends up meaning a lot but i remember i had said the example of a movie like uh, i think the last good film that dhir mishra made was 14 years ago before serious man hazaro khwaishe aisi and that's something that, that 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 i keep telling to my friends that uh, that's the kind of indian film and that's the kind of indian excellence i'm very happy with and i don't give a fuck if 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 that gets or does not get uh, approvals from the west you i mean you see yeah. it you know that this is a story that is true you know that it is a story that is saying something about india our people where we were where we might go where we are and that's enough and it and it's been made really well acted well xyz right another uh, thing is uh, the way india has been represented uh, or the way india has been pitched i think i think india has become a sales pitch right that's that that's uh, one of the most unfortunate things and and the way these filmmakers then uh, uh, get their gaze uh, into these subjects it's uh, sometimes it's uh, either foreign filmmakers or filmmakers have become foreign i mean examples such as meera nair there is uh, uh, there's uh, definitely berani there's definitely uh, yeah who shift damn i'm so bad with name, uh, names uh, who made that uh, elemental tr- uh, trilogy and then she made uh, uh, night children ha ha deepa mehta deepa mehta hmm. yeah deepa mehta night children a suitable boy you know so so then you then you just see that this is so blatantly untrue and then you then you really understand that okay this is how much they care which is to say not care a lot yeah yeah totally and that line about india being pitched rather than explored 
the fact that the voiceover has to start with two indias or with you know this is the darkness this is the light sort of thing it yeah. entirely defeats the purpose right from the bat you know like the, because it reminded me of like how good patal lok was at the same time because you know technically that was adapted to it's again about like it's exactly about what films like serious men and uh, and uh, white tiger are about and slum dog are about and at the same time you know the, it's just the protagonist thinking to himself he never really uh, uh, goes beyond the mythological metaphors uh, it's really i mean you you and there, it's no coincidence that a series like patal lok or a film like serious man will never be recognized in the west it will never be reviewed as much as say a white tiger or a slum dog and even if it is it will not be liked or understood by them i'm not surprised a lot of western critics really loved white tiger like i'm seeing some major critics like giving it like some uh, glowing reviews and i don't have a problem with someone liking a film irrespective of where they're from but sort of that yeah it, i mean it's it's sad that it's just not unexpected that they will lap this up and uh, the actual films about where we live in about the times we live in about the country we live in and the culture we really inhabit uh, those things that just go under the radar because they don't have a priyanka chopra in them or they don't have like a, a east versus uh, east meets west sort of um, uh, producer team or any kind of sort of foreign uh, dilution in their uh, in their team so i i just feel like you know this whole this whole peddling india to the west thing is a genre of its own and you know it's it's really difficult to look at these films as they are because of that you can't just say okay this is one of those films so we will review it with in that context only that's like basically saying oh this is uh, this is a rohit shetty film so we will review it uh, assuming that it's stupid to begin with you can't do that shit you know like i and I, I we get that so we get that time and often and this is not going to be the last of these films there are going to be a lot of more adaptations and we've run out of i mean personally i've run out of ways to say the same thing i'm starting to repeat lines of my reviews and and i just i mean it's just I, I, there are there's no other way to put it and when when you do see the half decent adaptation you tend to go overboard with it because first of all i i've not read most of the books they adapted from but instantly when you get a good vibe from a film you tend to like overplay those films too like uh, you know so uh, it's sort of a catch 22 thing but at the same time you know given that this is now a netflix genre uh, I, i just i mean i'm i i'm not very very optimistic about what's going to be happening within the next few years because a lot of rights have been taken off a lot of books wait till they start the arun going to be like it's going to be a cluster fuck at some point can you hear me tanul hello, hello. i lost you yeah so yeah, yeah, what No no uh, can you hear me clearly i can hear you now but i lost you for the last 30 seconds you oh, no, no, uh, no. you said that wait till you ha wait till we get into the arundhati roy adaptations you know down the years like it's just yeah. a, i mean hopefully she hasn't really uh, given away the rights yet and she doesn't seem like the kind of author who will be yeah. too keen to books translated exactly. to screen but you know still like i mean the, the, it's it is a subgenre now and uh, you know with the streaming platform they really they have lesser to lose than say if it was playing in the big on the big screen so you know i mean i'm not very uh, kicked about what we are going to see over the years and i'm not very kicked about how many times i'll have to mention the same thing again and again especially with respect to the gaze and the language and the whole peddling india nonsense yeah i mean uh, bang on i mean uh, with at least with respect to critics engaging with indian cinema their uh, foreign critics their record just has been so poor so poor uh, that uh, i don't know it does not need any more elaboration i remember there was this line from uh, the nyt review of sacred gems i'm forgetting uh, the exact line terrible memory as always it was a pretty fucking weird line i don't remember it but i can again look it up uh, uh, and probably share it with you on twitter and things like that and and then you get a sense and i remember uh, uh, 
uh, talking to uh, Peter Bradshaw during uh, I interviewed him at, uh, during 2015, mommy, yeah. when it come to Bombay and, and all of that. Uh, very nice interview and all of that. Uh, he was candid and all of that. It was great, but uh, so. so but I was just trying to ask him. Uh, but I, I asked. I asked him a question about uh, you know his knowledge of uh, Indian cinema and all of that. To which he was pretty honest, and he said that you know that he does not know much. Uh, and the fact that he's come to Bombay to uh, to sort of you know get some kind of uh, education in Indian cinema and sort of get that chapter uh, running. I, I I thought it was very uh, very nice of him to sort of accept that right off the bat. But I think that is more or less the case with most film critics uh, abroad, you know, and and they display their ignorances in the worst way possible. And that is where you see this kind of arrogance and this kind of condescension, which is not even apparent. And, and I'm sure, I mean, most critics come from a good place and all of that. And, and they're even liking these films. That's uh, So it's, it's not as if, uh, uh, I don't know, they're, they're fairly sensitive to the subject material and things like that. But the point is they don't get it and they need to get it. Boss, I mean, if you are a film critic, like like how we are, right? I mean, we would watch films from, I don't know, Turkey, Spain, Germany, like from literally from all places uh, of the world, right? I mean, not to mention the US and the UK. Uh, that that doesn't mean that, you know, we know their culture, we know their, uh, you know, the, the nuances and things like that, whatever. But we still give everything to a film. And really try to be on on one page uh, with the film. Try to have as less biases as you can. Try to really go beyond the material and things like that. I don't think there is a lot of sincerity when it comes to these guys at all. I think uh, I think there is a lot of again what the White Tiger did to uh, Balram. I think these guys uh, they did uh, do to our films, which is just treating them with kid gloves that, oh, achha, you know what, we actually expected something bad shit, uh, <laughs> insane uh, musical with 10 songs uh, popping up randomly. Oh, but you know, this is actually trying to tell a story. Oh, wow, you have lights and stuff. Oh, th- this is, I mean, well lit as well. Yes, you know, it's, nothing can explain their terrible reviews. I haven't, I haven't read uh, 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 even one review of a foreign critic uh, about uh, White Tiger, but uh, I I have absolutely no doubts. Now the, the now, and the main problem with these guys is also that uh, their engagement with Indian cinema starts uh, with Ray, uh, goes to a bit like you know Ghatak or Sen and all of that, and then it loses. Then it mm-hmm. then it has absolutely no context. I mean, there is I think darkness of some thirty years. Probably a Lagan pops up. Probably a gangs of Vasipur comes up pops up. You know. A few things uh, here and there. I, I uh, that said though, I read some remarkably perceptive uh, reviews of uh, Gangs of Wasipur when it uh, played uh, outside right. India. But, but also there is a reason. I mean, uh, it can be really argued, and it's also very fascinating to think that a Gangs of Wasipur uh, film is. I mean, the skin of that film is Indian, but it wears foreign clothes. I mean, with with an Indianized version of it, right? I mean, there is a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's postmodernist style. The the, the I mean, the, the the Godfather references. The, mm. There's just like a lot going on there. So so they had reference points and everything. I mean, good for them. Uh, but I think uh, in my memory, Gangs of Wasipur was a notable exception. Other than that, I would say there were just uh, and they really have a very tough time uh, figuring out what's going on, and they are on the side of caution. And then you really have to think, why is that the case? You know. How is it that when you are uh, reviewing, I don't know, a Haneke film or a Fincher film or a uh, Lee Chandong film, how how does it happen that when you are reviewing films from uh, uh, from countries all over the world, you bring your A game, you you get your critics hat on and all of that, and they do a pretty good job uh, job of it. I mean, this is just taking some random foreign film critic and analyzing his or her work, but what happens to you when you start watching an Indian film? Like, it's, it's still cinema, no? It's still, at the end of the day, a dance of light and sound. It's still people. It's still human condition. It's still stories. So what happens? I think if we sort of look deeper into it, the, the kind of answers that we get are definitely not flattering to these folks and definitely not flattering to the kinds of people like Priyanka Chopra and Ashwara Rai and, and, and just 
like the India industry. It, mm. it used to happen with books as well that foreign journalists uh, would stay a few months or a year and all of that, mm. and they would then explain India to yeah. the Western audience. And and I mean, some good books have come out of it, but some really crappy books have also come out of it. And then. you sort of see that okay there is a lot of explanation there is a lot of uh, i mean there's a lot of tone deafness there's a lot of okay i don't really understand uh, what's uh, what's going on uh, that kind of a thing uh, so yeah i mean and you know i was just going to get into that whole south korean sort of fascination in general especially over the last 10 years or 5 years um uh, yeah I, i think a lot of that also has a lot of uh, it is down to the way indian filmmakers also make their films and peddle their films and peddle their gaze uh, to get the uh, validation and appreciation of the west you know i don't think south korean filmmakers do that i don't think japanese yeah. filmmakers do that uh, i don't think a lot of the south asian uh, southeast asian and south asian filmmakers as well as the middle eastern filmmakers they don't do that it's the fact that they make films about their culture their countries uh, their view of the world even if it's not about their country their view of a genre in context of you know where they live and then the film, the, the you know the western critics sort of discover it organically uh, saying that okay these guys are actually you know talking Uh, actually talking about you know where they come from uh, uh, without really telling us that this is where they come from i think that's that's pretty much the novelty of you know getting uh, bringing your a game to those sort of uh, to to that genre of cinema to that culture of cinema i, I think indian filmmakers uh, i mean we most of us at least Uh, and and this is not just filmmakers it's down to a lot of us like authors and uh, so many other kind of artists that you know that entire exoticization of the west and getting the validation and somehow cracking that oscar race and cracking the venice and the can sort of uh, selections is it sort of seeps into the way we think about films the way we write about films the way we make films so i feel like it's one of those inextricable relationships those toxic relationships that we are not going to i mean the reason gangs of asipur i guess was read that well is because we were still at the beginning of that entire phase where indian films were starting to make a splash at cannes and it started with kashyap and his you know his entire team so i i feel like the more self aware we become after that the more we realize that oh there is a market for festivals Uh, uh, uh and the way we show india then uh, you know it's it sort of then seeps into the way we make our films and and the critics are only responding to that their ignorance is also i feel like a product of our uh, ignorance at the same time so i i guess you know it, it's a vicious cycle and uh, yeah it's i'm glad you mentioned especially the south korean part because i, I you know even i've been constantly like bemused about it because even we write about parasite even we write about their films once in a while and we yeah. really don't feel dumb as fuck when we write about them we, we you know we write it from a sort of very humanity point of view not so much ke this is what happens in south korea oh this is amazing this is how south korea is yeah, this is how yeah. south korea is. Uh, you know no, we never write like films really don't actually tell us Uh, uh something like that and that that's credit to both the artist and you know the people who write about them because uh, you know it's sort of a two way relationship but yeah that's pretty much everything i uh, i have to say about white tiger because i think we've discussed more about it than uh, say a lot of people i mean say then it deserves to a <laughs> point also no and uh, your point about um that uh, a lot of these films just not being good enough mm-hmm. uh, and by good it's it's uh, it essentially one of the components of good that we are talking about is it it's not really being true to what it's trying to say it's not uh, being true to what it's feeling and to the different complexities and ambiguities that that make a story compelling and whatever i think uh, uh, that's bang on uh it's you just have to see how anil kapoor reacted uh during the slum dog whole oscar thing that was quite embarrassing right i mean and uh, and then you see that okay this is this is just or ranbir kapoor touching robert de niro's feet when he had come to uh, so you understand that okay that, that these people uh they must they, they still uh, rule uh, the bollywood kingdom uh, here in india 
but you really understand how much uh, how insecure they are and uh, the kinds of of course these two people are mainstream cinema and all of that but but still i mean so so i think that's a big big uh, role where in before analyzing how somebody else is seeing you i think it's also really important how you are seeing yourself because i and that really makes uh, 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 all the difference i just uh, share a small story i was watching uh, there was some uh, interview or something of bong joon ho a few uh, months ago or was it a few years ago i don't remember i mean i don't know when the uh, uh, interview was uh, shot uh, in that he's talking about you know uh, what are the what are the kinds of filmmakers that he likes and all of that and then he, uh, he says that you know i i saw this film which was uh, which was quite similar to my film it had uh, you know a, 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 like the, the the two detectives or whatever they were, were on a quest of a finding a serial killer who had not been found and all of that yeah. i found that film beautiful it was really atmospheric and everything and of course he's talking about zodiac and he uh, and he said that you know uh, uh very nicely done david fincher is, is a serious filmmaking talent and all of that and then equips in a line saying that but you know what memories of murder did it 4 years ago 4 years <laughs> yes <laughs> so i mean you know it's it's nice and it's not as if bong joon did not uh, uh mm. accept uh, his uh, his indebtedness to say martin scorsese when he had gone to uh, receive the oscar or or you know uh, even to quentin tarantino for publicizing his films and all of that and of course we know i mean the world of cinema is much interconnected than any other world possibly uh, or any other ecosystem so of course you would have influences and overlaps and things like that but when you really get down to doing something you really have to do your own thing man otherwise we will keep seeing things such as the white tiger laila uh, a suitable boy it is uh, it is just such uh such a travesty because you only get one chance to tell a story now we will not get a white tiger again we will not get a uh, even like you know a laila or, or one of these uh, suitable boy in fact uh, again so yeah. i mean it's a uh, these are not just bad uh, films on themselves uh, in themselves but they also are depriving other makers to sort of uh Uh, who could have done a much better job and and definitely they're setting a weird kind of tone uh that the other filmmakers may be compelled to uh to follow mm. and that that will be even more terrible than that than what what it is right now yeah yeah for sure i guess that uh, yeah i guess that's pretty much uh, all we can i mean we can definitely we'll have more than enough opportunities to discuss adaptations down the months yeah. i'm sure and down the years not in a very great way hopefully maybe you know there'll come one filmmaker who'll decide to think originally and hopefully you know we get to talk about those films but yeah nice way to end the especially with the fincher story and with the bong joon ho story so uh, uh, yeah so thanks tanul for joining me we'll be back soon uh, hopefully talking about a film we both really like